What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. I know, right? Even though I only have a bat on the floor, I think he's in the bed. Oh, Baker, maybe in trouble here. Death Mark tries to clean it up for Ryu. Oh, look at the quest. Look at the moves. Baker, what was that? Baker with a huge play. The QSS. I can't believe I just saw that. He actually won that duel. I can't believe that happened. They're getting a third mountain trade. They already got the first Baron. That was huge for them to actually get a bigger gold lead. Saving the break now. They got two already. Bang is hiding. He's coming. Bang looking to come in. Here comes your initiation. The right time. Oh my God! Doctor Shockwave will find them all. And SKT with a hell of a response will take down four. Welcome to another episode of League to the Backs, or whatever. I am your host, Brian Andesian Espinosa. Joined with me, as always, is the Dr. Manhattan of the W2M Network, Mr. Eric Squid Sportshead Watkins. Good evening, sir. Have you got any sleep from the land speed record last night? I did get sleep. Sleep was interrupted by a rooster. Which, along with the chicken, found it necessary to shit on my car. So it's been a very interesting day. Um, to paraphrase a, 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 a quote from a friend of mine, shit rooster? Instead of shit tree? Yes. How dare you! And joining us, as always, is the wannabe disembodied voice of this network, some guy who has a show on here called the Nielsen Ratings. I thought the, I thought the show get postponed after you shot the works for twenty eight thousand eight hundred dollars. I mean a six hour tour. Hashtag shit tree. Uh, eh, yeah, mm, mm. Well, well, so no, so I'm just gonna put this. It almost the, got postponed for what it's worth. I'm almost. I'm just gonna put this for the record. 
we will never discuss the lane speed record again. <laughs> At least not for a while. We've done it. It's been reset. It's not I don't a think thing anybody's anymore. I don't think anybody's beating six hours ever. Six hours, two minutes, and minutes twenty-five and seconds. Twenty-five. I thought it was thirty-five. See, that tells you how tired I was at the end of it. <laughs> Thanks to not Harry Broadhurst, who gave us an hour and a half sidebar conversation on existentialism, which will be devoted properly into another episode. I actually have ideas for what happened. I'll run them by you off air. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, meanwhile, now that we're done with the whatever part of catching up for the week, um, obviously our big story this week and uh, what we're continuing to cover here on League to the Max or whatever um, is indeed the run-up to MSI. Um, we had a heck of a series uh, this past weekend where Evil Geniuses were the winners of the LCS Spring Split Playoffs and are the 2022 League Championship Series North American Spring Split Champions. I, 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 I. In, in in the words of Evil Geniuses, it's a good day to be evil. And th let, let's think about this real quick. They finished, based on a tiebreaker in fourth in nine and nine, throughout the their whole playoffs, coming from the loser's bracket, they went 12 and one. Oh yeah, no. There, there were records shattered by Evil Geniuses in this playoffs, which we'll be getting to in a couple of moments here. Yeah, but um, Twitter tweeting, tweeting emails, ephemeral, ephemeral, fleeting, fleeting. You know what that means? It's time to check the tweets and the emails. The tweets. I was trying to get and also email. Thank you. I'm on delay. Of course you are. Um, see, this is why I said we needed to we needed to rehearse, but we went for the land speed record and then some last night. So rehearsals, what is that? <laughs> uh <laughs> fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways we have a tweet uh it's a clip show let's play the clip show from the from the playoffs when you sit down and you look out and there's hundreds of people you know sitting there in the studio watching you a lot of these guys haven't experienced that what's up everyone and welcome to the lcs spring 2022 playoffs. Hold, hold, hold on a second, Eric. Yeah. Let me let me let me try doing it on my end because I don't know if you're noticing, but it's like really stuttering. Okay, I don't know. I mean, I'd saying my connection is having issues, but I'm getting at least a decent Wi-Fi strength. So I don't know what the hell is going on. 
let me let me try to do it on my end here. Give me a moment. Of course, I could call point of viewers crew also record setting and also <coughs> geniuses with the only some. I mean, I mean, I mean, I was gonna. He he I, he's not wrong though. He's he not ain't lying. I mean, it do be facts though, and that's why I said it was mostly only semi-intentional. All right, let's try this again, shall we? Oh, wait a minute. Actually, no. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> I'm about to say because I'm like I can see a screen that was black. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Go go to the black screen. It's ready to go. When you sit down and you look out and there's hundreds of people, you know, sitting there in the studio watching you, a lot of these guys haven't experienced that. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the LCS Spring 2022 Playoffs. We need to give them a good experience, right? Yeah, sure. Time up here against Impact. He's gonna Impact gets first blooded. Okay. Oh, no. Where are you going to go? Oh, no, Ari, don't walk into oh, that. Oh, my God. Ari, no. Whippo's going to stand and fight against oh, JoJo, but JoJo's ready for him. Well, this one give up everybody in my life, I said. Vulcan at 380. Here's coming. Take one to 200, but he's ready for the reset. Here's it. Oh, Bjergsen picks up another one. TL do clinch it, but EG push them to the brink. C9 versus 100 Thieves. Before week seven, if people told you this was the matchup, you're like C9 3 0. Here, Abadaga goes over the wall. He's got the sweep. One and two. They're going to get looks like number three. Oh, no, it's looking flabbered away. Flash Q. Oh, he did it. What a madman. 100 Thieves come into playoff as the hottest team in the LCS. We just think Summit is their win condition. He's kind of playing 1v5 versus us. So we're pitching him on What is C9 going to do after the loss to 100 Thieves? Because we think that exposed a lot of issues. Oh, it's the Renekton. Look at Fudge's face. He knows what he's doing. Not go just oh. yet. Does he want to? Oh. A final slap, a triple kill from Fudge. Cloud9, Rose School, the Guardians. But we also haven't seen a ton out of FlyQuest recently. How will they come prepared to the stage? Really, who is the best? A quadra kill for Hansama and TL push 100 Thieves to match point. Yeah, yeah. Lie, okay, yeah, 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 it's, it's gonna be the best feeling in your life. Ignite still burning up the flash W! Fort solo kill! Closures in! 100 Thieves come alive! They break their ankles! A reverse sweep for 100 Thieves! Like stop the team that thought they are the best in the league. We have one more save. Let's be humble. Like this is incredibly exciting. NA just doesn't usually have players this young that are this good. Danny the pentakill machine! 
you want North America to be better, you should be behind Jojo Pyeon and his improvement. Man, it's been far too long. seeded team liquid in the losers bracket final against a surging evil geniuses team liquid already off to a lane kingdom being a champion matters more than having a highlight play or a pep to kill i just want to win Overlook 100 Bs, they have been incredible. I really think we are gonna 3 0 them because I think they're not that good. Houston, we have a bit of a problem. 100 Bs, an evil Tangusing. Let's go. Yes, yes, JTN. Tyler won the prodigal toxic son of League of Legends. Really did just say, Houston, we have a bit of a problem. Because, yes, they did host with an audience. And, man, was that crowd lit. You could really tell. In Houston. Um... Needless to say, just wow, right? What a what a playoffs. The fastest final ever. E three owed hundred thieves. And and I and I'm going to just add one little addendum to this. Not only did they three oh hundred thieves like that. In the playoffs, there were altogether five 3-0 series out of the eight. EG had three of them. Now, Evil Genius is clearly on a tear here, right? But yep. we got to sit down and talk about Danny for a second. With 111 kills during the playoffs, he now has the all-time LCS postseason kill record. He Ooh. broke a record 
that stood for a decade. Jesus. During the final game of EG's uh, series against 100 Thieves, Danny secured his 111th kill of the postseason, which broke an LCS record that stood for nine years. It previously belonged to Man Cloud of Team Vulcan, who earned 110 kills during the 2013 LCS Spring Playoffs. And over the last nine years, no player has eclipsed 100 kills in any other year after 2013. And the closest anybody had ever came to the record previously was the 2020 summer split playoffs when Bjergsen earned 90 kills in his last playoff run with TSM the last time he was a professional player before now. And the record-breaking kill came in the final team fight of the winning series. On top of that, it, this gets better, right? In addition to breaking the record for most kills in a single LCS postseason, Danny also broke the record for most pentakills in a single season of professional League of Legends by a major region player during their series against Team Liquid on Saturday. Good. I... Really? That pentakill at Baron with the Baron steal that you saw in the highlight video was the... Uh, was the breaker. And the fourth career pentakill today thrust him into a tie for second on the all-time LCS pentakill list. According to Riot's official stat tracking department, LL Esports Stats. With four pentakills since his debut last summer, he is now tied with Bjergsen, Wild Turtle, Alltech, and Double Lift. That's and, a... and and Sven has six, who is at number one. That's some pretty heavy company. That's a pretty major that is list a you just very... mentioned. That is a very, like, you want to talk about GOAT players in League of Legends. At least three or four out of those names are coming up guaranteed to any debate, any conversation. But he earned the single-season pentakill record in 44 games, he has secured on average one game or one pentakill every 11 games this season. Good, sweet. I, mm. it, uh, I, I'm telling you right now, if you want to get behind North America winning on international on the international stage, 
you have to get behind this evil genius's team. Like, I mean, I got to sort they, some things. They, they, they faltered a little bit in the regular season, sure. But yeah. the improvement from JoJo Pune and Danny's just like record breaking performance, not even record breaking. Let's be realistic here. These are record shattering performances. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if they're on the level yet where they could take on a, a, an undefeated T1, but I got to, I got to, I got the, the North American fans managed to get a restock on the hopium supply. I, I'm going to say this. Do I think they're on T1's level? No. But if you put them in a best of five, I put a safe bet that they don't 3 0. Yeah. I I would take that bet. Hashtag bet on Bavada. Which you can do for MSI. 21 means 21. God damn it. Please gamble responsibly. And if you need help, there's the there's a number. Get help. God damn it. Obey all local and federal gambling laws. I said that. Oh. Do I need to do it again? I I didn't hear you when you said it. I swear. Otherwise, I all right, wouldn't. we're doing it again. Hashtag bet on Bavada. Twenty one means twenty one. God fucking damn it! Obey all local gambling laws. And if you need help, there's a number. Get help. As soon as I clear shit up with my bank, I'm probably gonna go ahead and. Maybe see something like that as a futures bet, or if it gets closer, I don't know. If it's out there, I'll take it. But yeah, no other player in a major league, which is defined as the LCS, the LEC, the LPL, and the LCK, had more than three pentagills in a given season of professional League of Legends. So, yeah, no, this the Evil Geniuses is on a tear, and it's a great day to live evil. Indeed it is. It's a great day for America, everybody. It's a great day for a disembodied voice to shut up or the topic that he wants to hear about gets pushed to the last topic of the show. Well, they got um, quiet all of a sudden. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, anyways, um, continuing on on MSI, because obviously we're not done with, with MSI news just yet. Um, we're going to talk a good bit about MSI today. Now that we have all of the groups, we we know the form. We're going to talk about the format. We're going to talk about the groups. Um, we did have a group draw uh, come through. We got a tweet for the group draw, if I could find it. There it is. We are going to continue to check the tweets. And also email. You know, I can't I can't be mad at him. He actually was on time on that one. And no, I'm not mad at him for that one. Can't be mad at him for that one. Uh, we have a tweet though. We'll get that on the screen here. We had the MSI group draw now that everybody uh is uh all of the post seasons have concluded. 
we'll go ahead and talk about the uh, various teams. I'm going to just list everybody here. Um, as a reminder, uh, the LCL, uh, which is the Commonwealth of Independent States, is not sending a team to the event because of the LCL spring split being canceled due to the Russia-Ukraine situation right now. Um, and the LPL will, it is confirmed. We'll get to, we'll get to more on this in a few moments here. Um, the LPL has been confirmed to be competing remotely from China due to COVID related travel restrictions and precautions. Um, and as we get into the, uh, as we get into it here, we might as well start with the LPL, um, uh, triumphant in the LPL, Royal Never Give Up is going to be representing the LPL at MSI, and they will be defending their title as the MSI champions from last year. Um, they qualified for MSI after two closely fought series against top esports, first in the semifinals and then again in the grand finals. Uh, and they have punched their ticket to MSI next month. Uh, moving on to Europe, we've got G2 Esports. Uh, despite building, uh, rebuilding their roster around Caps and Yankos in the offseason uh, and banking on two untested players in Flact and Targamas, they qualified for MSI. Um, the team swept through the lower bracket 12-0, not losing a single game to win the LEC Spring Playoffs. So what the effort-living shit is in the water? Uh, so, yeah, G2 finally back on dominant form. Cap still at the helm. Yanko's there to back him up. G2's out for blood, especially seeing as they've missed key international events recently. They're out for blood. It's in the water, that's for sure. Um, no, at no surprise to anybody built around legendary mid laner faker, who, as you know, we pay homage to in our wonderful opening video with two of his greatest plays of all time. Uh, T1's efforts in reconstructing or constructing, however you want to put it, uh, a roster capable of winning around faker has paid its dividends. Uh, and they have qualified in dominating fashion after completing a wholly unprecedented perfect split in the LCK. In fact, I'm pretty sure a perfect split is unprecedented in all major regions. Uh, yeah, we would have talked about <clears throat> if that had happened before and gone back and made some comparisons. Um, on top of that, guess what? T1 has home advantage in Busan, South Korea, where MSI is being played. Of they course. are definitely going to be the team to beat at MSI. Because, of course, they are. Um, this past weekend, uh, as we just saw, uh, evil geniuses out of, you know, all teams, you know, getting that tiebreaker in at fourth place. Uh, they made, honestly, an almost flawless run through the playoffs, um, you know, despite placing joint fourth in the regular season with that nine and nine record. Like you mentioned earlier, they mm -hmm. took down every team. They took down FlyQuest, Cloud9, Team Liquid, 100 Thieves. Uh, they they 
almost clean swept the entire postseason here in North America. Uh, so they will definitely be punching their ticket. And like we just said, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Um, coming out of the PCS in Southeast Asia, uh, PSG Talon has once again triumphed. Um, this is a team that continues to dominate Taiwan, Hong Kong, Macau, and the Southeast Asia League. Um, they are pretty much the top team in that region. Um, they almost uh, were knocked out by CTBC Flying Oyster, uh, but they did win uh, their league, so they will be the PCS representative at MSI. Um, Vietnam finally making a return to professional play after almost two years um, will be coming back to professional play, and they are sending Saigon Buffalo. Um, Gam Esports did dominate the 2022 uh, VCS Spring Split uh, with an undefeated 14 and 0 record, but runner-up Saigon Buffalo is actually going to be the ones competing in MSI because Gam Esports are unable to attend due to the Southeast Asian Games. Oh, damn. <laughs> Um, down in the LLA Latin America, uh, Liga Latino America, um, we have team A's, uh, rainbow seven was definitely uh, clear favorites of the Latin American league. They had a 13 and one record in the regular season, but underdogs team team A's came out on top in the playoffs. Uh, they beat, they beat infinity and Estro esports twice over to qualify for MSI, so they're punching their ticket to South Korea. Now, I do want to go, before we go on real quick, back to game eSports. 14-0, top seed, king of the hill, step ladder, whatever you want to call it. 17-1, including postseason in the spring split. That could not have been worse timing for the Asian games. Oysters don't... Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah. Moving on. Excuse me. Um, well, if oysters don't fly and buffaloes aren't in Turkey, I wonder what he has to th say about wildcats in Turkey. Um, or buffaloes in Vietnam, sorry. We got wildcats in Turkey. That's right. The Istanbul wildcats continued their momentum from the TCL winter regular split to qualify for MSI as the Turkish representatives. Um, they breezed past my absolute favorite esports team name to talk about, Galatasaray. Hey! Um, <laughs> thank God they're not there. <laughs> that is the, uh, how do we say this name again? They were just at World six months ago. <laughs> uh, but yes, they will be representing the TCL in Busan. Um, coming out of the CB Lol, the Brazilian League. Um, uh -oh. Shout out to the Brazilian fans because they uh -oh. are. Let's get this right. 
Campeonato Brasileiro de League of Legends. Again, shout outs to our Brazilian fans because y'all are some Brazilian sons of bitches. Hmm? Um, yeah, I think so. It would definitely help. I will definitely, uh, we will definitely be seeing the red cannons coming back. Um, they have overcome popular teams such as Fuda, Kaboom, and Pain Gaming to punch their ticket to Busan. Um, coming out of the LJL in Japan, a virtually flawless spring regular season for world's underachievers, Detonation Focus Me, um, were rewarded in their playoffs after the Japanese team edged out ahead of Sengoku Gaming in a 3-2 series in that final to qualify for MSI for the third time running. So Hopefully let's just this hope... Time they can actually win a game. I, I mean, put it to you this way. At least they can't go. Wait a minute. Never mind. They can go 0-6 again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The memes would be savage. Uh, <laughs> at least the memes on this show will be savage. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, we're, we're, uh, last but not least, Oceania, um, against all of the odds. And I do mean, this is almost a singer, a Cinderella story, uh, here, um, team order or, or order gaming, uh, they, they kind of go by either, um, have done the near impossible. They completed a entire lower bracket run only dropping games in the grand final. And they had to go against teams such as Peace, Pentanet GG, and Favorites Chiefs. And we have seen Peace and Pentanet GG on the international stage before. Uh, but whoever is coming should definitely take notes because they're, they're coming and they are definitely riding uh, some momentum right now. After an 11 and 10 regular season, and somewhere John Burkow would be very, very proud. Order! Order! I say order! <laughs> but All right, I... honorable gentlemen, shall move on to the next topic. My God, he even got. I, I, I feel like I'm in Bizarro World. You, you, I, I. You get the that was that I okay. I know I did some things accidentally on camera during last night, but I don't feel any after effects. I don't know how I feel about this. What am I not supposed to know about the right honorable John Burkow? No, I I didn't think, but I uh, okay. wow okay. I'm impressed. Very impressed. Yes, and the right honorable gentleman shall be moving on to the next topic, which will be uh, us talking about the format. And as we talk about the format, we'll we'll, we'll get into what we have on the screen here, uh, which is the group draw. Um, so uh, the MSI is scheduled, as I've said, about 986 times by now uh, to take place in Busan, South Korea. 
It is the 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 minor or the lesser of the two international tournaments that uh, League of Legends puts on every year. Uh, this year, it is scheduled to begin on May 10th, so about two and a half weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the group stage, and we'll conclude on May 29th with the grand final. Uh, 11 top teams from around the world, as we just named, will fly to South Korea. Well, 10 out of the 11 anyways. Um, and they will represent their reading in Bexco, the Busan Exhibition and Convention Center, which will be hosting the fight for the MSI 2022 champion. Uh, and for the first time since 2019, as uh, Riot and other regions have been slowly phasing in, there will be a live audience at the venue. And, well, if it's anything to go by from previous international events, South Korean crowds can get wild. Um, MSI kind of showcases a little bit more of a unique format. Uh, it's not entirely according to what we're expecting out of worlds, uh, and the world championships. Um, it's going to be similar to last year's event. Uh, originally, as we said, Riot had planned to invite 12 teams, but, uh, due to the LCL spring split situation, um, being canceled due to world events, um, they had to go down to 11 riot cannot I, i'm really hoping we actually have a full 12 region world's championship this year i don't think it's going to happen not at this rate not at the rate things are going worldwide um but i would like to see it um the lpl as we talked about before um, will have gotten permission from Riot to complete remote to compete, not complete, compete remotely, uh, due to COVID related issues, uh, and other scheduling restrictions. Uh, I know we talked about that previously, um, where if they have to fly, they're going to be in quarantine and they've got the Asian games and a lot going on over there. Um, so they have managed to get the necessary approvals from Riot to go ahead and complete compete remotely. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more on that in just a couple of moments. Um, but the tournament is going to be divided into three stages, uh, which will be the group stage, the rumble stage, and the knockout stage. All teams taking part in MSI are going to be uh, beginning the event in the group stage, as you see on screen there. Uh, they're going to be divided into three groups, and we did have our group draw to determine those groups. Two of the groups will include four teams, while the other group will just have three due to the uh, odd number here. All teams will play a best-of-one double round robin within their respective group, and the two best squads from each group will advance to the Rumble stage. Um... Now, speaking of groups, let's go ahead and take a few moments here. We're going to talk about the groups. Uh, obviously, we saw the different pools get set up there on the left-hand side of the, the graphic. Uh, and then we had the draw. Uh, and we have ended up with, in Group A, T1, um, we have the Vietnamese representative who I just said their name, and now it is uh, Saigon Buffalo. I'm sitting there like I just had it in my head a moment ago. Um, and then we have Ace, um, or sorry, Team A's, 
Uh, and then we have uh, Detonation Focus Me rounding out Group A. Um, as much as I hate to say it, this is definitely a free group for T1. Oh, yeah. um, there is no competition in this group at all whatsoever for T1. There are no major regions in this group. I um, mean, could we feasibly be talking about what would that be? A six and zero group stage? Oh yeah, we could very much easily see a six and zero group stage for uh, T1 here. As far as who could take the second spot, because obviously top two teams. Honestly, I think this could be anyone. Uh, I think this could be anybody else's ball game as far as the other three teams are concerned. Um, would I love to see Detonation Focus me actually get out of a group stage in an international tournament? Yes. Is it possible in this situation? Actually, yes. Uh, is this otherwise the group of death? Also, yes. As I mean, it's basically T1 could, beating everybody and the other three teams beating each other. Could could we also see some, you know, weird three-way, four-way tie bullshit like we saw at Worlds where, you know, you have like a 6 and 0 oh, and then everybody else is at 2 and 4? Also, yes. Um, but yeah, needless to say, this is T1's group to lose. Um, everybody else is along for the ride and kind of fighting for the table scraps. Um, group B, we have Royal Never Give Up. We have from the, from China, we have PSG Talon. We have the, um, the, Wildcats. the Istanbul Wildcats. I was tripping over my tongue there. Um, and then we have the Red Cannons. Again, I think this is Royal Never Give Up's group to lose. Um, if I had to give it to any of these teams, I think PSG Talon uh, could run away with this in second place. Um, it's either going to be PSG Talon or maybe the Red Cannons. Both of those teams are, are, are have, have been pretty strong. I'm. I, 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 I hate to dis. I hate to count out Istanbul, but this is not a team that has uh, international experience, or at least a lot of it. Uh, PSG Talon are definitely used to international events, and so is Red Cannons. Are uh, obviously RNG are you know dominating their region. China is a dominant powerhouse as far as international competition goes. So I, I think RNG will will come out at the top of this group, and you'll see this the fight for second between PSG and Red Cannons for sure. I don't know. I'm going to give Istanbul Wildcats some love because I think even though they don't have a lot of international experience, that's going to work against them as far as an internal level. Can they go ahead and they live up to the moment? But at the same time. Maybe this is presumptuous of me, but I think teams like PSG and Red Cannons could come in a little bit overconfident, especially knowing that they're going to be fighting amongst each other for a second. And I don't see 
of the Wildcats really going through, but I'm not entirely counting them out and having them as group minnows either. I can see one, maybe two shock results to really put the state of play in group B an entirely different level. See, I was going through with some of these and I opted not to, but then I picked the one because I couldn't see it. And yeah, that was. Uh, anyways, group C, which honestly I think is going to be the best group to take a look at here. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that there were only three teams, I have, I still say there's a way that Riot can balance that out if they really want to. Um, you have G2, you have, I don't know why they put the LCS logo instead of Evil Geniuses logo there, but Evil Geniuses, um, and you have Order. Order, they pulled off the, they, they, they pulled off the Cinderella story victory run, sure, but... G2 and LCS are both powerhouse regions, and yep. I think they're going to just make very short work of order, and those are the two teams that we see coming out of this group stage. Now, if Riot really wanted to make it interesting because it's a triangular group instead of a quadrangular, they could still make it to where there would be an equal number of games in each group. You would just have to increase the round robin just for group C. I could see them doing that possibly, but because if we're talking and hear me out with this from a logistical standpoint, you have a double round robin with each of those quadrangular groups. That means 12 games. For a single round robin in a triangular group, you only require three games. So for a double round robin, that's six. They could feasibly do a quadruple round robin and still have those 12 games to get everybody on level pegging going into the rumble stage. I, and and I, do, I do completely agree with that. I'm not saying that I disagree with it. I feel like they might try to pull a whole, well, that's more game. The, the three teams have to play more games against each other than the other two groups do. But at the end of the day, the math evens out and they all yep. play the same amount of games total. Correct. So Riot has to sit there and kind of balance it as, do we have them play the same amount of games total at the end of the day? Or do we say them playing each other three times is too much? Or in this case, four times. Or sorry, four times. Group C and yeah, going to have a lot of film, yeah. And yeah, that's the other thing as well, is like the more games that you have to play in a group, the more of your strategy you end up inherently revealing. Right. Not a lot of film. Um, 
So you end up in a situation where, as the wannabe disembodied voices chimed in, you do end up with a lot of film. Um, and maybe that doesn't hurt the LCS so much, because I don't know if, the L- if, if Evil Geniuses has the capacity to go all the way on this thing. But honestly, for a team like G2, which is used to, you know, deep international performance, that could hurt them. Because, I mean, if the only other way, and I can have a counterpoint to this argument, you either present a lot of film to those in the other groups, or with the playing fewer games you could say the two teams coming out of Group C would be able to scout their competition for the Rumble even easier because they have that much more downtime. So it's either way. It's one argument or the other. This is what Riot's got to settle out. Yeah, and and again, it's going to be a tough decision. Although, honestly, I don't anticipate them making any changes with things as close as they are now. Mm -hmm. It is possible that they do it, right? Uh, Especially seeing how the group draw ended up at. Um, It's... I feel like there should have been... Uh, you could have pulled a team out of group A and put them in group C. Like the group that has T1, we know that T1 is going to be dominant, right? Yes. Let let two teams there fight out who is going to make it to second place. But yeah. in group C, honestly, this feels like a foregone conclusion. And that's not a good way to run a tournament. No. No, it's not. So, I don't know. Well, obviously, we're, we're going to have to wait for MSI to start and see how this really shakes out. Because, I mean, we said similar things at the start of Worlds last year. And, well, how many times did we end up saying stranger things have happened in this tournament? Mutter, mutter, cost me money, mutter, mutter, mutter. I, I, this is one of those situations, especially given the fact that you have crowds coming back. Some of these teams have not played, like they got their first experience playing with a crowd this month in over two years. Right? Mm hmm. Some organizations like EG, for example, this was their first time playing with a crowd, period, in the life of their organization. That, I think, is going to have an effect on things as well. You have an international crowd. You have the regular rigors of international pressure to perform. You are in a foreign country because I'm sorry, T1 has the advantage, and we already know that they're the favorite for the tournament, so that doesn't really matter here. True. You are in a foreign country, so you have to get used to the food, you have to get used to the time change, 
uh, for some of these teams, you're looking at a 12-hour difference. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, RNG kind of gets off light because, you know, they get to stay at home, but even still, they have their own set of pressures because they're the defending MSI champions. <laughs> Screw jet lag. Ah, with that severe, it gets you. Um, so... I, I don't know. It, th this will be interesting to, to see how this tournament plays out. But I kind of feel like it is a little bit of a foregone conclusion. Again, depending how really the Rumble stage checks out, if at the end of the Rumble stage we see... You know, <coughs> excuse me. T one and RNG is the top two in the knockout. It's not a surprise. Now, continuing on with the remainder of the format of of MSI here, um, these teams, these two, the two best teams from each group are going to the rumble stage. In that rumble stage, all six of those teams are going to play a best of one. Double round robin, uh, which are going to determine who goes to the knockout stage. Oh, that's a double round robin. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like, hi, here's groups. And then, hi, here's another group. Again, weird format. I um, mean, look, and we talk about this on Soccer to the Max in a segue for our upcoming segment, World Cup, Know Your Team, starting this Wednesday. I mean, they did the same thing in 1978 and 1982 to where you had your 24 teams in six groups. The top two in each group went to four three-team groups, and then those four triangular second-round group winners went on to the semifinals. So... Yo, dog, I heard you like groups. I heard groups. you like groups, so we're going <laughs> to take your group and put you out of, take you out of your current group, put you in another group. Out of my head. <laughs> Apparently, all three of us were on the same fucking wave like there with the yo, dog, I heard you like groups. <laughs> As I said, yo, dog, I heard you like group stages, so you're going to do a group stage for your group stage so you can have a group stage followed by another group stage. Exactly. <laughs> I swear, it's what I was thinking. I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut him off when he says that I'm going to do a yo dog. <laughs> We're all fucking there. Oh, oh, I, love I love it. I love it when the wavelength comes together. Uh, all right. So MSI, uh, after that group stage, you're going on to another group stage. No, I'm kidding. Uh, in the knockout stage, two pairs of teams will be drawn uh, with each of them playing a best of five series. The winning teams will advance to the grand final. So there's no quarter. The quarterfinals are replaced by a round robin, basically. Mm. Um, and then you go straight into a semifinal and final. Yeah. So no losers, no nothing, no page four format. It's just straight knockout. Yeah. Um, and it'll run over three weeks. Uh, group stage is May 10th through 15th. Rumble stage, May 18th through the 22nd. And knockout stage, May 27th through the 29th. 
Technically, um, it does, I believe. I get a ring stage. Sorry, math stuff. Continue. If you want to know the specifics on the schedule, you can always go to lolesports.com. We'll have a link to that in the description. Um, and you'll be able to check out the international schedule there to see who's playing when. Uh, I anticipate Riot will probably bring back Pickums as well, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, once Pickums are open, obviously, uh, Dr. Manhattan and myself will have our Pickums selected. And if you join our Discord, link in the description below, uh, we will post them to our Discord server here on the W2Web Network as well. And you can participate as along with us as well. Paste your own pickums, and uh, we'll see who wins. Uh, so moving on out of MSI news, um, we're going to take a little bit of a lighthearted uh, thing here real quick. Actually, no, sorry. I just realized something. I said I was going to talk about the LPL and them competing remotely in MSI. We didn't get to that yet, did we? We didn't get to that fully. We touched on it a bit when we were talking about it as far as the tournament makeup. Um, well, Riot released an article on the LOL Esports page. We'll, we'll uh, get a link to that over here in the chat. So you pull that up on screen. Uh, uh, where they have uh, put a, a, an update up. Uh, effectively, uh, the Riot Games head of global esports, Naz Alataha, Alataha, I still can't pronounce her name right. I'm sorry. I will learn it eventually. Alataha. Um, Alataha. Uh, says, and uh, we quote a little bit uh, more down there. After extensive diligence performed by our technology, events, and competitive operations teams, we are able to allow the qualifying LPL team to compete remotely from China. The team will play from either their team training facility or from the LPL arena in Shanghai in accordance with local health and safety protocols. So they don't get to like play completely from home from home like we were seeing in you know Worlds 2020 and what have you. Um, they do have to compete in a professional facility. Mm-hmm. Um, makes more sense, especially for what we're do doing in, as we mentioned before, and I will read this bit. To keep the competition fair, we will be using a network latency tool to maintain a ping as close to 35 milliseconds as possible for all teams throughout the competition. There's been quite a bit of noise about that bit right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, they, they, they go on, uh, to say to ensure the competitive integrity of the competition, all MSI teams will be able to practice and scrim at this ping, and we will deploy referee support and monitoring throughout the tournament in both Korea and China. Um, clearly some people are not happy about that. Um, they think 35 ping is way too high for, a, for a professional competition. I don't know if they can get that ping any lower, um, from China to Korea. No. And, and even if they did, can they maintain it without, you know, 
disrupting professional integrity. And two, these pro players should be used to 35 ping for solo queue and regular League of Legends. Now, as we know, as we've discussed before in a world special, pro players usually compete at like, you know, 10 to 15 ping at most, right? On mm -hmm. on the special tournament servers. So 35 ping is a bit of a, a, a jump, if you will. But if Riot believes 35 ping is not going to be affected and not ruin the competitive integrity against teams in studio that are going to be playing at, you know, competitive land ping, which is 10 to 15. For all we know, they're going to use this tool across the board and everybody's going to play at 35 ping, regardless of if they're in studio or if they're remote. Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, they do it so that Whoever is playing between or whoever is playing China has to play at um, 35 ping. So I'm I, I, I'm a little skeptical, but again, if Riot thinks 35 is the magic number, Riot takes competitive integrity and technology in regards to international tournaments extremely seriously. Is it a marked disadvantage for China? To some extent, yes. I will I will say yes. But if Riot is committed to making sure that everybody is on the same ground as far as scrims, as far as practices, as far as actual game matches and they are going to make this as fair as possible to china who is stuck competing remotely so that they don't have to have the second largest major region drop out from this tournament and arguably the only region that probably could contest t1 yeah i think the concessions are probably worth being made I don't know. What do you have to say to this? Because that's that's I mean, that's kind of how I feel about the whole situation. No, but I'm really at this point, I'm on your side because even with like more of a port city and everything like Shanghai, the physical distance between Shanghai and Busan is not as bad as it could have been had it been a different part of China. Even if you were saying allowing a different region to compete, compete remotely, say instead of China, this was somewhere farther west or even farther east, you would have had to deal with this and probably have had an even higher ping because of all of that distance that the data is going to be traveling. I mean, 35, when you're comparing it to, as you said, the 10 to 15, this is about double to like triple that kind of a lag give or take but i think with the fact that if you give all the teams extra time to scrim ahead of the tournament to where they can or for these weeks get used to it i think you're gonna see the gripes go away you're still gonna have people being pissed off but they realize it's only a temporary fix and it's something to really include and more data for riot to have in case this were to happen again at worlds 
Oh yeah, I I completely agree. Um, again, we'll have to take a look and see what's going to happen here, right? Um, RNG won last year's MSI at in Reykjavik. Um, so they are technically the defending MSI champions. They're not the defending world champions. They got eliminated in very surprising fashion. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Right. I mean, T1 has the opportunity here to, uh, and so does RNG have the opportunity to win this tournament three times. Right. And so far SK telecom T1 and RNG are the only two teams that have ever won this tournament twice. Mm -hmm. Um, don't do I feel, do I feel like if they win, there's an asterisk there. Absolutely. But I think it remains to be seen if, if anything occurs from this decision. I, I, I'm kind of inclined to trust Riot here on this one. I mean, hell, it's like Brazil and Italy in 1970 all over again. So... Uh, and even Riot has, you know, even Riot in that article, they're like, look, these past two years have been turbulent, but the passion we share for League has been constant. To our fans, teams, pros, and partners, thank you for staying nimble with us and for your support as we've navigated these uncharted waters. Like, Riot is aware that they don't want to do this and that people aren't going to like this. But they're basically saying, look, if you want to have a tournament, this is how we have to have a tournament. But again, stay tuned here to League to the Max or whatever. Um, to the best of our ability, we will be live tweeting during MSI whenever possible, depending on time, slow, uh, time zone schedules. They're playing in Korea, so it should be overnight hours-ish, um, which, depending on the days that they play, actually works out perfectly for me uh, to be able to watch the games live uh, without affecting my my sleep or work schedule too much. Um, so, yeah, just like I said, keep an eye out on us here. We'll definitely be talking about this more as we get closer to the tournament. Um, in different news, we're, we're going to segue into a little bit of a more serious topic before we get into some roster updates, uh, across the world. Um, former League of Legends player, Lickrit, um, who made a name for himself when he reached the quarterfinals of the world championships with Albus Knox Luna, has been sanctioned by the United States government due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, a new list of people being targeted by the United States Department of the Treasury was uh, revealed on April 20th, and his name is on the list. And I'm expecting... The one viewer 
who is the main disembodied, or the not main disembodied voice. I'm the main disembodied voice of this damn network. The wannabe disembodied voice of this network saying, you just made the list. <laughs> Did someone mention my favorite LCS team of all time? Note flags do not connotate Russian support of Ukraine. And there's a whole bunch of flag icons that also would not show up properly outside of Facebook because coding. Um, yeah. So the former league professional um, is said to be the son of Constantine Malofif. Who is a businessman and owner of the media group Sargrad. Uh, and eScoreNews.com reported that the individual has been, quote, dedicated to Russian Orthodox Christianity and support of President Vladimir Putin. Um, Likrit has been a professional, had been a professional League of Legends player for a number of years. Uh, he became very popular by surprising audiences at Worlds 2016, where his underdog team, from the CIS, Albus Knox Luna advanced to the quarterfinals of the international tournament by overcoming squads, including G2 Esports and CounterLogic Gaming in the group stage. Uh, in the playoffs, they lost against Europe's H2K Gaming. Um, but he was very known, uh, very no well known and became notorious for his inspirational speech with shocks following... Uh, a loss or sorry, follow. Uh, yeah. Following a loss against G2 um, where he explained that the European team played their best and deserves respect. Um, and that, you know, underdog teams should not automatically be discarded or eliminated just because of the fact that they're underdog teams, which I agree with. Um. Shortly after appearing at Worlds, the 26-year-old finished his career as a professional player. His last active role was as a support uh, in CIS squad M19 uh, in November of 2017. So, I am sad to see this happen to good players mm -hmm. and my heart continues to go out to support those involved in this conflict and hope that it can end without further loss of life and property completely agreed So with that said, uh, we are going to go ahead and move on to various roster changes here. Um, our biggest top story in the roster change department, um, Coach Coma, the head coach for Team Korea's League of Legends division for the 2022 Asian Games in Zhangzhou, has reportedly announced his desire to... Uh, quote, a famous game show host, take this job and shove it. He ain't working that awful. I, he, I, 
I can only handle but so much of this. First you and everything with the timing. Now him? Well, he's going to bed now that we covered the news that he wanted to hear. So we don't get to hear any more out of him. He did give me a Dick Clark salute on the way out the door, though. The disembodied voice will no longer be heard tonight. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it from him directly himself. <laughs> um, But yes, Coma has uh, reportedly announced his desire to resign from the role, according to Inven Global. Um, there was a press conference... Um, on Thursday, stating that um, he heavily criticized Kespa's scheduling and the selection process for the League of Legends roster. Um, he answered some of the criticism with regards to how the head coach should have been more vocal about some of the issues behind the selection process. Um, Basically, there was an exhibition match that was scheduled, um, and Coma refused from the very beginning. Uh, he says, quote, I refused the exhibition match from the beginning and continue to refuse until it happened. The players have to go through such a busy schedule at this point. They have MSI, summer split, preliminaries, etc. The players that go to MSI go because they did well. As the head coach of the national team, I didn't want to make the good team march through a tough schedule. After the exhibition match was fixed, I kept telling Kespa it was best to keep the camp period short. After the exhibition match schedule was fixed, we found out it was canceled on match game on match day. The camp was for a week, so I emphasized to Kespa that they needed to go back to Seoul as soon as possible. I did give my best to the or I did my best to give the players some rest. Um, and then another big point uh, that was uh, and a question that was asked at the conference was some fans question that you should have spoken out earlier. What did you think after hearing that? Uh, to which his response was, I kept telling Kespa that the schedule was bad. All teams postpone schedules unrelated to playing the game during the season, such as sponsor schedules. I explained to Kespa the difficulties players and teams have to go through. However, I don't understand what more I could have done. Do I have to speak out on social media or do I have to stream and talk about the situation? Do I have to ignore all the procedures and react radically? I'm not sure what they want. This press conference is being held because I requested it from Kespa. Um, he, he goes on further to basically state, you know, it's been very difficult for him um, selecting players and planning the schedule, uh, partly because of it being his first time being the head coach of the national team. Um He, he he's talking about you know the the, the roster breakdowns. Um, he criticized uh, Kespa's player selection method not meshing well with his method of choosing players, um, and he claims to have given uh, Kespa very precise details about how he wanted to conduct the the uh, the player selections. Um, 
and he he it, it was a very lengthy presser um I will actually go ahead and post or copy paste this uh, here so that way we can add this to the description for those who want to read the entire uh, press conference. But uh, needless to say, Coma is not very happy. I would think not. Um, he, he ended the, the press conference by saying this. I don't ask anything from the public. If we all work hard together, I believe they'll watch us positively. Uh, the players are always working hard, so I hope everyone sends their support. I don't ask anything from the media either. Everyone needs to play a role. My role is to do the best as the national team's head coach. About my nickname, Recorder, I just do that to protect the players. I could say anything as long as it doesn't harm the players. I think it's important to do my best in any given situation. And if that's not enough, it means that I don't deserve to be the national team's head coach. Pretty strong words from a three-time world champion. I mean the fact, and but it's strong words, but I like it because he's using that championship pedigree as a player knowing just the sheer way oh, I'm not saying that I don't I'm not saying I don't like it I'm saying no. that he's he putting his foot down yeah because again this is the kind of coach that Korea has wanted especially with the consequences and repercussions but be warned if you're going to give him and put him through a bunch of bullshit this is what you're going to get from him and I applaud coma for this oh same here um, and I, I recommend going and reading the full presser. It's it's long, um, but it was translated. So link thank will you. be available in the description. Yes, thank you, Inven Global. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens uh, with this, right? Um, Kespa did confirm that Coma gave his intention to resign. There isn't concrete confirmation yet, however. Um, that he has fully resigned and that the coach will miss the Asian games. Uh, Kespa intends to have further discussions with him regarding this uh, situation. Um, and I'm sure his comments um, at this press conference that he requested are going to shape things. Um. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, actual roster changes. We've, we've got quite a few here. Um, Immortals have reportedly signed Korean support Ignar, uh, who last played in the LCS in 2021, uh, according to League of Legends insider Alejandro Gomez. Um, the acquisition would put Immortals over the import cap uh, with either Xersei or Power of Evil being required to make way, a.k.a. getting the big old fat ugly axe. <laughs> um, Ignar signing will see uh, Mitchell Destiny Shaw lose his starting spot with the LCS organization. 
Um, they did finish seventh with a seven and 11 record in spring. Uh, kind of ironically, the Korean star last played for evil geniuses where he played 70 games across the preseason lock in tournament, regular season and championship playoffs. They finished third in the 2021 summer split, but failed to make the top four after getting swept by cloud nine. And well, this time around, they, they finished number one without him. Um, but following their failure to make worlds 2021, EG dropped him. Uh, they made several changes to the roster. Um, and since his release from evil geniuses, Ignar has remained a free agent. Um, but, uh, at right now, uh, expect more changes to the immortals lineup. Um, as, as they are rumored to be entirely reshaking up their roster after the spring split performance. Um, continuing in this, uh, line of, uh, ooh, excuse me, in this line of roster moves, um, Niski is reportedly joining the Mad Lions for the LEC's summer split. Um, after spending a split away from competitive play, former European League of Legends professional Niski has reportedly found a new home for the upcoming summer split. Uh, he is returning to the LEC and joining Mad Lions as their starting mid laner, according to a report by esports media outlet Upcomer. Um, if Niski does join Mad Lions for the next split, he will be replacing the team's new rookie mid laner, Reeker, on the lineup, which we talked about last week. Um, although it might be disappointing for people to see the young prospect lose his spot so click so quickly, uh, Mad Lions are clearly shifting into win mode now after failing to defend their throne. Um, Niski last seen on a professional stage in 2021 when he started for Fnatic all the way up until the tumultuous run at Worlds uh, last year. Um, So we 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 saw some of the more emotional side of Niski at Worlds for sure. There, um, obviously, as 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 we all know, uh, Fnatic did a scrap and reboot. They booted Niski, Bwipo, and Adam. Uh, we know Bwipo came over to North America, um, and Adam went to i believe it was one of the uh, minor european teams um niski was the only one that didn't get a team uh but we're like i said it's reported that he's going to be going over to bad lions so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him uh clearly niski is one of the better mid laners in europe um i'm glad to see that he gets a team again uh, especially for how young that he is um, he, he's got a, you know, long career ahead of him. If he can manage to get a team that's willing to stick with him and build around him and his talent. Um, I mean, 
Reeker and the new rookie AD carry unforgiven played as well as they could, but the lack of the experience pretty much hindered Mads ability to perform this, this split. Um, they ended up finishing in a lackluster eight and 10 record, missing the playoffs entirely. Um, if Niski joins this roster, they will definitely have a seasoned veteran um, and a knowledgeable mid laner that can kind of go ahead and shot call this team to the playoffs for sure. Um, luckily, since they didn't make the playoffs, they're not having to go to MSI. They're going to have plenty of time to, you know, get the get 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 the rapport together, get the cohesion uh, as a team working, uh, find that synergy and. Uh, you know, hopefully they can deliver and we'll see them punching a ticket to Worlds this summer. Or I should say fall, but yeah. Um, continuing in the player roster news. Um, we have a tweet on this one. Okay. Uh, so please hold one moment while we check the tweets and the emails. I have posted it in the chat. Hopefully it works this time. If not, we can uh, definitely uh, make it work again. Is it did it did it not work or did I miss something or no that was it that the tweet the video it was only a 20 second clip sorry it lagged on my end so uh yes um Nuggery is returning to Deb one Kia um the organization revealed back on Wednesday um, this is going to mark the end of Nuggery's game or break from competitive gaming, which he took in November of 2021 after leaving the LPL's uh, FPX Fun Plus Phoenix after a very unsuccessful run with the team. Um, and confirms reports that both Horizon Esports uh, first revealed and we covered here on the show previously. Um, that the 22-year-old planned to return to professional play. Um, Damwon Kia already have two top laners, Hoya and Birdall, um, who have played throughout the 2022 spring split. Uh, but nevertheless, the very highly sought after and very good Nuggery will step up to the squad's starting roster and get the starting job automatically come summer. Um, Nuggery left the team after the end of the 2020, uh, world championship once they won, um, despite having an almost flawless year with Damwon Kia, the top laner was the only player to leave the team. 
he decided he was going to try to pursue a career in China, failed to live up to expectations, um, where they placed second in the LPL spring and summer playoffs and failed miserably at Worlds 2021, where they placed last in Group A. Uh, and if you remember me talking about this back in Worlds, that was just an absolutely abysmal performance out of Fun Plus Phoenix, for sure. Um, as of right now, we don't know when the LCK 2022 summer split will start, but needless to say, things just got interesting. Um, given the fact that Nuggery's back and we will see if this is enough momentum for damn one Kia to topple, uh, and be the giant slayers for the unkillable demon King faker. Because I'm sorry, but right now he is definitely living up to that name. I mean, you're not wrong in that assessment whatsoever. Um, continuing on with even more uh, news, we have yet another tweet. Not an email. Not an email. Um, as I try to find the tweet. Here we go. Uh, as we check the tweet here. Wait. Uh, do, 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 do. But former LEC bot laner Hyarnan, uh, who will be moving into the position of assistant coach for the 2022 LEC summer split. Yarnan. Um, Yarnan. The H is silent. You tell that to the LCS people, okay? I I mean, of course, you know, LCS people are going to mispronounce things, but I give proper respect to the Nordic languages and their origins. Um, But he was hired on by Vitality last month as a positional coach. Um, he is going to continue to work under the, L the team's LEC head coach, Mephisto, uh, as a result of his promotion. Um, so another one of those player-turned-coach situations. Um, Yarnin, since mm -hmm. somebody wants to be technically correct here. The best um, kind of correct. Played in the LEC between 2014 and 2019, during uh, which time he represented Europe at two world championships, uh, became well-known for his innovative bot lane Heimerdinger play, uh, a champion which he posted a perfect 9-0 record and 20.8 KDA in 2018. Um, and with Vitality, Yarnan has already presumably worked very closely with Karzi, who is the team's current bottom laner. Um, the 20 year old player signed a three year deal with vitality over the most recent off season, uh, and is going to be entering his second split with the team over the summer. Um, vitality got eliminated from the LEC spring split playoffs in the second round of the lower bracket by G2 earlier this month. Uh, and they will be back to play when summer split kicks off later this year. So, again, 
player turned coach situation. I'm here for it. I like it. I like to see that these these uh, these these ex pros, if you will, uh, are finding new life uh, and continuing to contribute to the game in these positional coaching situations. Um, I think it adds a lot to the game uh, and definitely. It, it, it at some point you develop old man mechanics as as some people like to call them right like you just can't flash as fast as you used to um and you kind of have a little bit of a burnout on the game uh but this allows i i think having players become coaches really allows them to still continue to contribute in such a fashion where the the first generation's knowledge, if you will, gets passed on to later generations or newer generations. I don't know. Help me out here because you're like you've been quiet and scared me. Well, no, I mean it's just you know how I am. It's you do develop old man mechanics, but at the same time. It's the different experience. Like you would go through your career, you start out, it's like, oh, it's a prodigy, talented, next to level. And then as you go on and on and on, even though you play pretty much the same, it goes from that shift in the narrative from gifted to veteran experience, things like that. So. You're at that point, once it gets to like that, there's really no change. But even as you do, the only thing that that would be left would be either through being forced to do it or deciding to do it on your own, kind of passing the torch. But you realize you never really gave it up to begin with, if that makes any sense. It does. See, sometimes I'm quiet, but when I talk and it's necessary, I'm over here dropping knowledge. Besides, you completely no-sold my World Cup mention earlier. What how, what, what? do you want me to do with the World Cup? How am I supposed to sell something that you're quoting me on knowledge that I don't have? Brazil, Italy, 1970, both the teams trying to win the World Cup for the third time. Battling for permanent possession of Le Coupe Jules Grimet. When you would mention that with T1 and RNG. I'm gonna stop you there and give you the key, the key to that whole thing. 1978. No, 1970. Argentina under Diego Maradona, although he was not on the team that year, won the World Cup in 78 on home soil. That was two whole ass tournaments afterwards. Now you wonder sometimes why I don't talk much. Moving on, we're moving. We got more coaching changes. There uh, you go. <laughs> oh, shush. Um, Hanwa Life, aka Chovy Life, even though the Chovy is now gone. Um, Hanwha Life Esports has signed Dandy, uh, one of the winners of the 2014 League of Legends World Championship, to its coaching staff. Um, on top of that, he has been promoted from the team's academy to the main roster. Um, 
This will mark the return of Dandy to competitive league. Uh, the South Korean jungler made a name for himself in 2014 as a crucial part of Samsung White's world's winning roster. Uh, after dominating in, in uh, Korea, he joined the LPL's Vici Gaming, where he stayed until the end of the 2016 season to very little success. Um, however, um, after failing to complain, uh, after failing to claim domestic success for two years in China, he made a very short-lived move to North America, where he briefly competed in the North American Challenger Series in 2017. In 2018, he switched to a coaching position and returned to the LPL under the RNG team. Uh, but since September of 2020, he has been inactive um, and has now been signed to Hanwha Life Esports. Uh, with Dandy on the team, Hanwha Life is hoping to improve on a rather poor performance. And I think rather poor performance is saying it lightly. Uh, in the 2022 LCK spring split where they placed dead last in the regular season with a just abysmally jaw dropping three and 15 record. Ow. This coming from a team who almost made it to quarterfinals last year at worlds. Actually, I think they, no, they, they did. They, no, they, they, they got locked in groups. Yeah. Just. Ow. But now is he's trying are you trying to confirm something over I'm there? confirming something yeah I thought so you saw the uh I saw research face yeah fucking damn website won't load come on leaguepedia Um, yeah, I thought so. They made it to quarterfinals and then got absolutely crushed by T1. So, yeah, going from quarterfinals at Worlds 2021 to dead last place with a, an abysmal record one split later. You want to talk about night and day. That's a how the mighty had fallen kind of a situation. No, no, no. You know what that is? That is a the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat situation. Yeah, that works much better. Especially you knowing the context that I put that in. Yes, yes, I'm aware. Um... Maybe Dandy will uh, bring some life and fixes to a organization that desperately needs them. Uh, 
we'll see, right? I mean, you know, we got summer to go through. A lot can happen. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if the call up and the coaching change helps them out any. Uh, but if they want to go back to Worlds again, something's got to fucking change. Um, speaking of other Korean teams doing Korean things, uh, no, uh, doing uh, roster changes. I, 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 I... You were going to say something there, weren't you? Yeah, and it wouldn't have gone over well because it was a horrible joke. You'll have to tell me off air. Uh, Nong Shim Red Force uh, is signed Coco uh, as a coach. Um, and Noblesse will be coaching their Challengers League team. Um Coco has been active in the professional Korean League of Legends scene since 2012, uh, has a very lengthy career uh, playing for teams the likes of CJ Entis, Incredible Miracle, and Long Zoo Gaming. Um, in 2019, he made the jump to coach uh, by becoming a part of Sandbox Gaming's coaching staff. Uh, he left... April the next year and has been inactive ever since. Um, the changes to the coaching staff are definitely a move in the right direction for Nong Shim. Um, they failed to qualify for spring split playoffs by finishing eighth in the regular season, um, which was well below fan professional, everybody's expectations, honestly, uh, since they signed such veteran, talented players like Kana, BDD, and Ghost in the offseason. Um, so, um, back on April 6th, as we also covered, um, they fired SBS. Um, he did not have the proper subtitles. <laughs> it was a fully sick me. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Um, and they hired Irene as a head coach. So, um, we'll see what happens again. Like I said a few moments ago, a lot of uh, you know, we have the entirety of summer to play. Um, Nongshim, I think, has the potential to be good. They just need the right guidance, and hopefully uh, such a veteran coach and veteran player can come in and help out with that. Um, and last but not least, uh, our last topic for the evening as we approach about an hour and 45 minutes here. Uh, you've been listening to League of the Max or whatever here on the W2 Web Network, available everywhere podcasts are sold or listened to, uh, and online at w2webnetwork.com and Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and occasionally YouTube. People sell this podcast? I'd be surprised. Hmm. Um, ADG's 2021 world championship skins were leaked um 
for those of you who may or may not know that much about League of Legends, you know, thank you for listening to the podcast. We're trying to learn more. That's our kind of our job here. Um, every year, Riot Gabe celebrates the winning team of the World Championship by having each player select a champion that they want to have a skin designed for. Um, the championship skin design or the skin design team then creates a, a kind of thematic, if you will, for the team using the team's colors um, and logo and stuff. And they design it in collaboration with the players uh, who also add a personal touch by placing their signature on the skins or otherwise indicating what kind of recall they would like the skin to have. Um, but the splash art for these skins was leaked on social media, uh, specifically Twitter, which means we have a tweet. Cause of course we have a tweet. Um, give me a moment here while I copy the tweet. There's the tweet. Okay. Making sure. Um, Obviously, as we all know, EDG uh, upset of the century. Um, Honestly, probably the the biggest upset of all of, of all time league of legends, professional play. Uh, Edward Gaming won off of Damwon Kia in a 3-2 victory in the Grand Finals last year. Um, During the post-match press conference, the five players were asked which champion they would pick for their world skins. The five skins have not been officially revealed by Riot, but if this leaked splash art is believed to be real, League fans will have the opportunity to collect Viego and Aphelios' third skin. Uh, and this is the unofficial list of the five champions that were picked for Worlds 2021 skins. You have uh, Flandre picking Graves, JJ picking Viego, Scout picking Zoe, Viper picking Aphelios, and Mako picking Yumi. Um, even though most of the preferred champions indicated in the press conference managed to make the final cut, uh, clearly some changes were made. Um, players are typically asked to indicate, uh, the preferred color palette they want to use, uh, for the skins, which is usually the skin. Like I said before, it's the same color scheme as the team's logo. Um, according to leaks shared on Twitter, like this one, the skins main colors will be black and white with some touches of red, uh, which uh, matches up with EDG's world's 2021 Jersey. um, However, the leaked image seems to suggest that it's a blue, silver, and purple thing. Um, The style is supposedly inspired by the Victorian era, with some League fans referring referring to the popular manga and anime Black Butler uh, to describe the type of clothing the champions are wearing. Um, Honestly, I think they look like hell. I do not like this at all whatsoever. It kind of, to me, this looks like a 
Pentakill meets emo. Yeah. Skin line. And I'm not here for it. They need to get rid of this like blue and purple thing and go with an all black and get rid of this whole jagged metal accentuation thing. There's too many sharp lines that scream like metal emo here. Um, thankfully, none of these champions are champions I play. Uh, and as usual, uh, whatever we mention, Yumi, we do have to go back to one of the greatest tweets of all time on Twitter made by yours truly. Please hold while we, and I quote, check the tweets. And this time, not the emails. As the research face gets serious this time. We go to, as usual, the greatest tweet of all time. Every time we mention Yumi on this broadcast, please put the tweet up on the screen, sir. Okay, okay, okay. I just need one more quick second. I would like to buy a vowel. Okay. <laughs> Can I have a U? Ding! I'd like to buy another vowel. Okay. Can I have an A? Ding! Well, would you like to solve the puzzle? You know what, Dr. Manhattan? I'd love to solve the puzzle. Ban you me! There you go. Give the man his prizes. And up for bids today, we have a lovely ceramic doll. I'll take the ceramic Dalmatian and put the rest on a gift certificate. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to be laughing their ass off at that. Maybe Marty Pass? <laughs> Speaking of Marty Bass, uh, <laughs> you can find us here on Life is Like a Game Show tomorrow night, Tuesday nights here on the W2M Network as we go ahead and wrap this up. Um, as far as these skins, though, some work needs to be done. Hopefully this is a really bad leak and not the final product. Um, there is a possibility the skins get released right before MSI, uh, which will start again on May 10th. Um, they, it's a possibility that they hit on patch 12.8 or 12.9. We don't know when we find out, obviously we will let you know. Um, God, I hope they go back to the drawing table on those because I'm sorry. Riot usually skins look great. I think these are the worst skins I've seen in a very long time. Um, but yes, uh, as far as other uh, shows on the network here, um, we love to make game show references on League to the Max or whatever. Uh, because, uh, well, I'm also on our wonderful game show podcast. Life is like a game show along with my disembodied voice, Dr. Manhattan here, uh, who is otherwise known as Mr. Eric Watkins. Um, that is Tuesdays at 11 PM here on the W2M network live. Um, 
And then you can also find the two of us, as always, you know, pulling a Freaky Friday roll swap uh, uh, here on Sunday nights, uh, time pending. Uh, usually we go after the watershed hours, about 10, 11 p.m. Um, also here on the W2M Network on Point of Viewer, where we talk about all things rude, lewd, and weird. And apparently I've been banned from introducing episodes by using the words farm animals. I don't know how well that's going to go after this week, but stay tuned and find out why. I mean, you're the DSDO of this fucking network. If they don't like you introducing a show with the words farm animals, they can go sit on a cactus and rotate. Well, considering as how it was the other disembodied voice who said it. He heard me. I'm sure he'll watch this on YouTube. <laughs> if he isn't in the chat right now, that man heard me. I don't um, think he is. So, yeah, that's the plugs. You can, as always, find me on Twitter at the Andesian. Uh, we will be doing some live tweeting for MSI once it starts, my work schedule permitting and schedule for MSI permitting. Um we will try to network schedule permitting, uh, see if we can't do some recap special MSI coverage here on League to the Max like we did with Worlds. Um, as always, join our Discord. We will definitely be talking about MSI there for sure. Um, Mr. Disembodied Dr. Manhattan, do you have anything you would like to plug or say or do or whatever before we get the hell out of here tonight? Well, aside from the shows that you mentioned, again, World Cup, know your teams, starting with Iran on Wednesday. Myself and Mr. Hate Mail himself, Sean Garmer, we will be doing that. In our lead up to the World Cup this November on Soccer to the Max and... Thursday, in the lieu of your traditional Broadhurst Walking Sports Report. Sports in black and white. Thank you. You interrupted research face for that one. We will be doing a special with your favorite bracketeer and mine, a rancid Randy, and the BWRRSR Super Show Smash Up amalgamation of acronyms and letters extravaganza as we cover the first round of the NFL draft. That'll be Thursday night. Thursday night. We're going to be going live around 8 Eastern. Stay tuned for various platforms we'll be broadcasting. I think that pretty much covers it. I know as well we will be doing a traditional Broadhurst Walking Sports Report. Sports in black and white again. On either Friday or Saturday, schedule permitting. Um, I guess that's it then. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Uh, we'll see you... Um, it is not confirmed right now, but there's a very strong possibility that we will be taking next week off. Um, since there's, you know, we're basically waiting on MSI at this point. Um, there are no more professional league of legends, uh, matches or splits or anything going on now. Um, so we may be taking next week off as a sort of spring break, if you will. Um, and resuming 
on the 10th, ironically, um, with the, with a, well, we may do a special lead in show, uh, like we did last week where we led into life is like a game show where we will be doing another full on breakdown, including like honest, like, like serious predictions, full, uh, you know, detailed analysis, um, of the MSI teams and the tournament and things like that. Uh, talking our predict, so, you know, talking deep, detailed predictions on you know winning the tournament matchups, etc. Um, so stay tuned for that. We'll make an announcement on the W2M Network Twitter and our Discord server. Uh, but more than likely, there will not be a show next week, May second. Any further announcements, confirmations? We'll be sure to post it. And again. Join us on Discord, where we make all of our announcements of shows network-wide. Even the ones we're not on, the like of the fine shows of, you know, Video Games of the Max, or any of the wonderful shows as part of the Radulich and Broadcasting umbrella. Yes. Uh, the shout-out to Mark and his crew of, of folks that handle that side of the network. Um, they do some, some mighty fine stuff over there, if uh, that happens to be your thing. Uh, but for now, hey, this has been League to the Max or whatever, a presentation of the W2M Network available live across all of your preferred podcasting platforms and on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. And as always, online at www.w2mnet.com. We'll see you next week. <laughs>